This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Futurology Show, everybody. And again, I'm incredibly excited. Um, today we are going to be talking all about disruption. It's my favorite topic, guys. Yes. So, is. Brett, it's welcome. Fun. Mike, yes. welcome. Yeah. Hey, Mike. Well, normally we go deaf when he starts talking disruption because he just goes on and on. I go on and on and on and on and on about it, right? Yeah. We just wish somebody would disrupt you. <laughs> That'd be great. But, uh, yeah, it is a cool topic though, and it's a it's a hot topic. I mean, lots of people are talking about disrupt, mm. disruption, exponential, all of these yes. things that are causing change for the future. And there's a lot of people that have either got fear for it, or they're looking for opportunities to enable off the back of it. Absolutely. But that that's what I like about it. Why do you like disrupt so much, Brett? Well, I, I just like the pace. I like the pace of change. I like what technology um, enables businesses to move at just a different kind of exponential speed. And you can do so much more with less. And it just breaks the boundaries of kind of what we used to yeah. from a business point of view, from how we work, from how we educate. Um, and I guess things are only going to keep moving quicker, right? Yeah. Yeah. They definitely are. But, you know, that's why we've got to talk to people who do stuff, which exactly. is why I'm quite excited about today because perhaps we should interview, uh, introduce our interview. So, so yeah, I'm sure. I'd like the honor of that. So, um, yes. uh, with us today, we've got Ian Russell. Um, he's uh, the chief executive officer of BCX, and they are doing a phenomenal show. Um, called BCX Disrupted, and they're bringing out incredible speakers who are going to blow the minds away of most South Africans. Ian, welcome to our show. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. Sure. Well done. To, I mean, to, to the show or to BCX? To BCX Disrupted. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Give me some credit. Right? Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this is a minor little speed bump in the week. <laughs> closing over Friday. But, but it's an amazing show. You've got an amazing lineup. Why are you guys doing this? What is the motivation mm. behind this? Yeah, the concept behind BCX Disrupt started about four or five months ago when we were looking at the whole business itself. Yeah. Now, I run a business called BCX, which yes. has grown out of uh, an old IT services company called mm. Business Connection and an old te- um, telco called Telcom. Yeah. And the reality is neither of those businesses were being terribly disruptive. And whilst we were making a lot of money from pretty traditional IT services yeah. and making telephone calls, it wasn't something that was going to carry us forward mm. for, the, for the long-term future. So four or five months ago, we began to think, how are we going to disrupt ourselves okay. to be relevant in the next five to ten years? Okay. And, and we live in the most bizarre world, right? I mean, the, no, we do. The largest taxi company in the world, Uber, Has doesn't no. own a taxi. Yeah, no. yeah I love yeah. that. Eh? The largest accommodation service in the world, Airbnb, doesn't own a property. 100%. Most importantly for me, the largest voice carrier of telephone calls in the world, WhatsApp, doesn't own any telephony infrastructure. Absolutely. Now, where do those things leave me mm. as somebody that makes and delivers infrastructure? Mm. Yeah. Screwed is the answer. Yeah. They're right. eating your lunch. Exactly yeah. right. Sure. So you're going to disrupt yourself. Um, and uh, uh, So my background, I've just uh, left Barclays and our jobs were... How do we disrupt ourselves before the fintechs disrupt us? We've kind of had a bit of an early sight in the telecom space and newspaper space and a lot of different spaces. And this is not an easy job. I mean, you've got quite a task ahead of you. Yeah. But, I mean, you box yourself even when you use the word fintech, right? Yeah. Fintech's a load of bollocks. Yeah. Every bank in the world is already a technology company. Correct. 
So we're trying to create a, almost a separate niche around something called fintech. It's not. Banking is technology. Technology enables banking. Lots we, of smaller competitors. Lots and lots of more nimble, agile competitors yeah. that use that platform as a service concept to disintermediate and disrupt, which is yeah. what Uber is. Uber yeah. is just a platform that connects people. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, right. 100%. Um, so I guess going into um, BCX Disrupted, so you're seeing that you guys are dealing with this challenge, and I'm guessing – You've seen the challenges around it, and you're starting to engage and learn and figure out the problem, and you're bringing these great minds that are already yeah. doing it to help the other South Africans. Is, is this where it's going? It's along those lines. So BCX, by a considerable margin, is the largest technology company in mm. South Africa. Mm. Perhaps more importantly, we're the largest South African-owned technology mm. company in South Africa. Okay. We list in one place. That's the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. We have no names to worry about in the Paradise Papers. We are really here. <laughs> we are really here. Okay. But the, with that comes a duty of care. You're not in Jacques Poe's book either. No, no, no. no. Okay. So you're clean. You're good to go. Well, I got a copy if you want to buy one. No, I can't uh, one. Only, I can't only, one. Only 50% premium because no, I like no, no. you. Okay. I, 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 got it on, I got it on Kindle. Sorry, just to go no, side squirrel here. But I'm, I'm halfway through and – it's like a John Le Carre movie, uh, novel. I mean, it's brilliant. Have you read it? I've read the first few chapters. There's yeah. a lot, lot of bad language in it. I'm liking it already. Yeah, no, it's phenomenal. <laughs> just the way he's written it. Anyway, you guys actually need to read it. Well, I mean, I bought it. I'm just terrified read to read it. it. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm like, this is real read life. It. No, it's critical. <laughs> but, but the duty of care that we then have mm-hmm. as, as, as that thing, that largest te- technology supplier and company in this country to many, many customers means that we also have a duty of care to the economy. There's a very, yeah, very strong absolutely. correlation between an economy with a strong technology sector and the GDP growth. It doesn't matter whether you mm. look to younger economies like Korea or more established economies like the UK or the US. The stronger the technology sector, the stronger GDP growth. Yeah. Yes. So if I'm the largest technology company in the country, we have a duty of care to the economy and to our GDP growth. So if we bring in these minds from overseas that can stimulate and really get thousands of South Africans Wonderful. thinking differently about technology, yeah. surely we can have a little bit of a kickstart effect on a much wider basis. Boom. Actually, yeah. I remember the days in Google, we used to look at um, internet penetration and the direct correlation on GDP in Africa. So the more people yeah. you've got connected, and if you're connecting them, you need infrastructure. And off the back of that, you're offering these digital types of services, mm. and you have the potential. I mean, Brett, you're very big into talking about the middle way of digital. The digital middle, the, yeah. The digital middle. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of where we are right now, right? Well, it's, it's that idea that the mm. end of the digital, the end of the beginning of the digital re- revolution has happened. We're not waiting for it to start. We're not wading through the beginning bits of it. We've, we're in it. We're, we're knee deep in this thing and we've got the technology around us. It's now about how do we make the best use of it? And, and, and here in South Africa. So, I mean, to your point. That's great. Now what? How do yeah. we take this to the next level? And, and it will have this massive impact on our GDP. For sure. And what I love about the BCX summit and, and conferences like it is that it really does change the way we think. It challenges the way we think. And the subtitle of Disrupt is, you'll never think the same again. Yeah. And it's great that that's the subtitle, but you've introduced so many great speakers from such a diverse uh, landscape. Yeah, tell, tell us about, I, I'm interested, is, what was the selection process of the speakers for this Disrupt? Whether they were cheap. <laughs> no, 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 dollars, no, no. Right? No, I was going to say when I look at the list Will I am, Malcolm Gladwell yeah. so, so you guys like beer right Yeah. Like yeah. Beer. so there's a beer in the UK that had a strap line uh, called Stella Artois and the yeah. strap line was reassuringly expensive 
<laughs> my guest list is reassuringly expensive. Okay. <laughs> so, so, what, so, so what were we looking for? We were not looking for uh, traditional IT people to come and talk. No. We wanted people that have leveraged technology to do something different in their yes. field. So if you take Will I Am as a fantastic I example, I mean, some people will know him from his, his yeah. uh, Black Eyed Peas mm. kind of background, but the majority of his time these days is spent in technology world. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. He's enabling different sound devices. Yes. He's working about how that ecosystem comes together. The last music video he launched uh, a few months ago was called Fire. And if you look at it, the whole of the music video is just about people looking at devices. Yeah. The whole point of the movie was around you just disintermediating real life. You're only now yeah. talking to your device. You don't talk to the real person yeah. right opposite you, right? For sure. So he, he's creating a whole different set of thought paradigms around technology and disenablement of human relationships, which is yeah. really interesting. Yeah. You take someone like Nick Goldman, you know, entirely around how do you use DNA to store data? I mean, Ooh, weird yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Digital biology is yeah, incredible. You really can put files and photos and everything into your DNA. It's phenomenal. Right. Right? And then you've got Jane McGonigal that's coming across. Now, she's not a technologist, but she's in the gaming space when she believes that gamification can fundamentally change the way that we educate yes. people yeah, and yeah. make people think about yeah. stuff. So, again, a very, very interesting insight point for us to think about as, uh, as a company. I mean, Telcom Group has a small company called VS Gaming, and we're working out at the moment how do we drive the right uptake of gaming in yeah. this country but not to the detriment of a child's education? Because yeah. screen time also has a, a downside yeah. potentially if you don't manage it. So those balance. kind of concepts are very interesting to us. I actually find screen time is a great way to uh, issue discipline. What do, do you mean? On the back, on the back of screen because time. Or off the back of screen time, yeah. I control my kids' Wi-Fi through my Google Wi-Fi. So when there's discipline issues, well, guess what? I'm so sorry, but you've now lost your Wi-Fi access. And there's the screen yes. time problem solved. <laughs> I, I assumed you were going to tell us about how your wife disciplines you. But I've got to get that wrong. <laughs> and he's fitted into the group. Boom. Yeah. Easier. Welcome. <laughs> we usually blame Mike's wife. This is the first time my wife. Not what she said to me last time I saw her. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear Brett. Oh, what have you done? Yeah. So you do this every time. I promise I didn't corrupt anybody. <laughs> Actually, I, think, I think this one was Ian's fault. Yeah. Moving swiftly on. So, so we're talking about the, the speaker lineup. And yeah, yeah. Why? Yes. <laughs> and well, thanks for hosting. No, you know, I, 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 I like to try and bring you guys back somewhere. <laughs> So, uh, so it's about different insight points. And and there's a diversity of our approach to this. So I don't mean diversity in the way that we often talk about it in this country, but different backgrounds, different countries, different uses of technology, different ways of thinking about life. Mm -hmm. Now, hopefully we can open some minds up with those conversations. I I think that's a really important point. And I love the idea around opening minds to life. I mean, we were chatting to Mark Walker, who runs IDC, really about the trends going next forward next year. And it's always kind of like, you know, he brings up Smack, which is the social mobile analytics and, and cloud. But really... Oh, you remembered the, it. I did, actually. Okay. Yeah, I did spend some time as a consultant. <laughs> but um, we, it, we all have a cost to bet. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Talk, <laughs> talking <laughs> Smack, yeah? Yes, talking Smack. But, but really, the, the outcome of what we need to be moving towards next year is really the age of being human. Mm. And, and how does this technology enable humanification as opposed to just really another function of what technology is? And I think that's really, I mean, when you just, when I saw Will I Am as one of the speakers, I was like, what is he coming to sing here, bro? But then when you actually read, I mean, he's doing amazing stuff and, and, and it's really incredible. Um, and, and it just becomes a, a, a very, very interesting collection of, of ideas and thought processes because our competition is not going to come from our typical competition anymore. It's going to come from a left field, and we have to be thinking in a very different thought process. No, I agree. I mean, talking about competition, so 
And BCX runs a huge data center estate. It has yeah. to because it, it stores data. It, it manages your computation power. And five, ten years ago, that was one of our biggest assets and a really yes. big barrier to entry for any of our competitors. I have 17 square kilometers of data. <gasps> you think, oh, my goodness, that's fantastic. Now you no, suddenly realize. No. However, exactly. No. So where is the world's largest data center being no. built right now? It's being built in the Arctic. No. Why is it yes. being built in the Arctic? Cool. Four degrees ambient temperature compared to our 21 degrees in this country. That's one reason. Another reason, yeah. they're putting it on a very icy uh, peninsula, uh, surrounded three sides by water. They only have to build one wall across the front to keep this thing secure. Think Game of Thrones, right? Yeah. Unless someone's got a zombie dragon breathing fire at that wall, you're going to be pretty safe. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I actually want to see this wall all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that says a lot about you. Yeah. So I think the um, – and then the third reason is that they're putting hydroelectric power in the sea around the ocean that generates pretty much free power for this world's largest data yeah. center. Wow. Now, how do we compete with that here? Okay. We don't have that ability to create that physical security layer. We struggle with low-cost yeah. power in this country, and we've got an ambient temperature issue compared to some of those competitors. We cannot, therefore, think we can compete with that hyperscale 100%. and some of those geoeconomic reasons for locating it there. So how do we have to play differently? We've got to disrupt our thinking around it. No, absolutely. And, and not only that, I mean, if we just look at the three big cloud platforms, I mean, that, there's a big competition there just in there for you. I mean... And, and it's moving at tremendous speed. Yeah. And I'm not going to try and take on an AWS mm. or no, a Microsoft or a Google. It's not my role in you, life. You can't. What we want to be here for the South African uh, customers we look after is to be a trusted broker and advisor. To be able to yes. say to them, you have three choices in your life. These are the three choices. This is our view, which one is best suited for you, given your data yeah. usage and the economics that sit behind it, and therefore will help migrate you on that journey towards that OEM. Fantastic. But, but we need to be neutral in terms of which one of those three we you, work You with. do. Yeah, and just to come back, you know, you, you talked about these, these speakers shifting thinking. How, how are you guys managing it internally? If I can just bring it back to BCX, because, you know, you sat down five, six months ago and said we have to disrupt ourselves. And, and, and the starting point of this, yeah, it's how do we think? Yeah. Because it's very easy to say, yeah, let's go run a lean, agile design workshop and we go off and we do it. I but tell you we're a consultant, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you still sell those lean, agile workshops. Oh, for right? sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And they go to bargain price too. <laughs> just, just, just the cheap side of expensive. So, do you want three days or five days? Yeah. 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 I've got the form here. It's, no. it's about value, not price. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100%. Exactly. Exactly. But how are you going about the, the shift internally? Because, I mean, you put this incredible conference together and you know it, it inspires but you've got to be able to keep that momentum going yeah i shout a lot not a brett's wife though no, well well yeah <laughs> she, she shouted a lot i think and moaned but i think the um <laughs> no, no, but i know what that moaning's for <laughs> And record scratch. <laughs> so the um, how do we disrupt ourselves? I mean, being very brutal, being very, very brutal. It's about helping paint a very horrible picture of what 2025 could look like if you yeah. don't. Yeah. So the alternative is to do nothing, and that isn't a real alternative. So we've turned the business on its head, and we said, look, in our view, we have what we call engine one. And engine one are all the things we do today. How do we drive as much mileage as we can from engine one with what's left? Yeah. Uh, we haven't got much fuel left in the tank, but we want to drive that to make maximum economy from it. So we're reorganizing the business around engine one stuff. So this is your old core? Yeah, yeah. things like data centers, infrastructure, the uh, telecom uh, telecommunications infrastructure and so on. Tick it over, make it as lean and as effective as possible. Yes. Take the cash 
that you generate 100%. from Engine 1 and then start to make a series of bets on what Engine 2 looks yes. like, which will be your revenue sources in 2025. Have, have you got yeah. separate teams doing that, separate yeah. to the immune system exactly. of the old core? Okay. So, so, so very specifically, I created a, a management team to look at Engine 1 and then I put some Beautiful. goals in place to look after yeah. Engine 2, absolutely. Tell Thank us a bit you. about those Engine 2s. Um, you, I mean, you're doing some fantastic investments in the name escapes me, the coding guys. Uh, we Think Code. We Think Code. I was there this morning. Um, yeah, very There's cool. a number of very, initiatives. Very cool. uh, I believe you've got a great uh, online teaching academic sure. platform that's looking really interesting. The, the, as I learn more about what you guys are doing, you're, you're touching some really interesting points. And a lot of it's focused around develop. Develop the ability to do more. Yeah, that's a very good point. So I mean, number one, I suppose, we don't know what we don't know when it comes to 2025. Oh, yeah. So we're trying to yeah. second guess. And that's exactly, again, back to the reason having some of these speakers around us and prompting some of our thinking. But even if we don't know what we don't know, the one thing I do know is that we don't have the skills and the capacity in our country yes. to drive those businesses in 2025. So the investments that you're seeing BCX making at the moment around We Think Code, which is a great yeah. example, yeah. I mean, we're, we're a key founding sponsor of We Think Code. Uh, mm. we, we have about 400 students, effectively, that we pay for every year coming off that production yes. line. If you've been there and you've met the kids, they're yeah. quite remarkable. Yeah, I, I, was there, I was there this no, morning. It's a proper two-year course. There are only uh, three We Think Code academies in the world. One's in California, one's in Paris, and one's here. Right? Yeah. It's that good. Sure. We have a data science academy we're setting up down in right. Cape Town. Yeah, that's floor. Right. That's just, Data science for me is probably the new rock and roll for yeah. us. Everything hinges around yeah. the ability to leverage and use data. I can't find data scientists. Oh, yeah. It's impossible. It's impossible. That's right. Yeah. So if I can find a couple hundred a year that I bring off my production line, they won't all come and work for me, and that's cool. Yeah. But it would increase the size of the skills pool in South Africa, and as a consequence, our GDP growth will be stronger. Yeah. So we're deliberately making those investments in education right now because we know, we really know that whatever – businesses we haven't got right in 2025 we will still need more and more skills than we currently yeah. have yeah. available. And you're not going to wait for someone else to do it for you? We're not. Yeah. We're fundamentally not. We've then put a huge investment in Vince University. We founded a digital chair, the first on the continent, purely to focus at digitization and what new digital skills are needed in the economy. And that's okay. with Doc Berry. Yeah. Uh, but, but Professor Barry runs the software engineering team there. Okay. But a guy called Professor Brian Armstrong is yes. the chair of digital. Yes. Brian Armstrong, yeah. And Brian, Brian and I are working together yeah. now on a curriculum for the next couple of years that very much focus on two things. Number one, what are the research areas you want to get the bright yes. kids to focus on app fits? Uh, so a good example is what's the impact socially of automation yeah. on a specific segment in the Critical. economy? Okay. Yes. We need to understand that yeah. because we can't stop and it's technology not a, it, advancement. We need an offset strategy for job loss. And, and yeah. it's not a simple question. It's not. No. It's not like, oh, okay, cool, let's just put a few extra jobs here. There. Exactly. So if I can bring yeah. that academic machine to yeah. bear on these problems as well, that helps me. Plus, I want to research some of the future about boundaries and barriers. So some of the research being done at VITS at the moment on prosthetics is a very good yeah. example. On linear brain programming. Okay, now that's weird. Wow. But that's with the connection no. of brain. It's yeah. remarkable things they're already doing. So we're putting some investment in that tertiary education space. We're putting investment in... Uh, the we think code uh, yeah. data science kind of places and then we're looking very widely as well in terms of how else do we enable the kids particularly age 12 to 18 to come through the education system yes. and that's where bcxlearn.com comes in okay. Okay. a free e-education portfolio, portfolio and platform all schools get a free web hosted website which is fantastic. fantastic but the power of this is then we've laid the national curriculum for access for all into the platform and then we've added tutorials on the, the classic stem subjects of science technology engineering okay. and maths now, we've just got it live in time for some of the matric students now, now, so we've gone through it. But this time next year, we've scaled it properly. 
And we believe that we'll have a big part of the school ecosystem sitting on this platform for free, which is that's stunning. Well, th- and that's critical. That's absolutely yeah. critical. And the connectivity to that is, is that something that telecoms looking to solve? So because we, that's the other half of the problem. If, if you're a telecom customer, then it's a free, free rated service, okay. so you can get straight through mm-hmm. onto it. So mm-hmm. very simple. If you're a student, get yourself a telecom SIM card. You've okay. got free URL access straight through to the sites. Absolutely. And actually, Fantastic. telecoms got fabulous um, free me packages, right? No, they have. Um, no, they've they really have. started thinking about solving a customer problem rather than doing with a lot of the other MNOs are doing. You paid no, to say that? No, no, I'm being dead serious. I'm a, I've got my kids on it, um, yeah, my no, wife's on it. You know, like, oh, is, is, is that what you meant as well? Yeah. <laughs> no, that, was, that was a different chat group. <laughs> no, but I think the, um, <laughs> what's interesting with FreeMe, and, and, and it's a yeah. bit of an aside, but it's actually a very important insight on this whole issue of disruption. The reason the telecom mobile guys are doing so well at the moment, and we've got double-digit KGAR growth on every everywhere yeah. we look at it, is because the guys built their network a lot later than Vodacom, MTN, yeah. and CLC. No legacy. And those, well, and exactly, those guys built yeah. voice networks. We have a data network. Because we've got a data network, yes. the ability to do this kind of packaging for you and data and connectivity yeah. and consumption is much easier for us. And it's very tricky for the other guys to get there. I think you guys are on a winner there because I look at what um, Mike Shodan's doing on what's his, his business, Rain. Rain. And, and that's also going with that data approach. Yes. And I remember when he started doing that thinking. Um, well, Telcom was already there, but so many people criticize the thinking of being data only, which I think is crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And it's the point you were making earlier, Brett, about uh, data. What's happening on the other side of data? Well, this, if you're giving these kids something that's, that's valuable, it. it changes everything. I mean, at AfricaCom many years ago, I mean, the one thing I stood on the stage and said to everybody is it's not about the infrastructure. People don't use data just to see if they can use data. They yeah. use data because it gives them access to something. 100%. And uh, there's different re- uses for data on both sides. So brands want d- direct access to anyone, but consumers have direct access to anything on the back end. And if you give them that access, they're going to go and consume something hopefully useful amongst all the amusing and inspirational Absolutely. and aspirational things. But, Brett, you made a, a comment just now about how it's solving problems. And we're always talking about how we're trying to solve problems. It sounds like BCX is taking an approach around disrupt where it's around enabling opportunity rather than just trying to solve the problem. Mm. People will innately want to solve the problems that they're facing anyway. And if you enable that opportunity for them to do so, you might have a lot more problem solvers rather than just a lot more problems to solve. I had to bang on the money. It was very interesting with the We Think Code uh, program is it doesn't look at any form of background when it comes to academia when they're selecting their students. And in fact, the whole thing is aptitude-based. Mm. And in their very mm. first year of operation two years ago, two of the top five students did not have matric. Yeah. Because our education system breeds out of you your innate no, normal exactly. ability to think and yeah. gets you to learn by rote. And that is not helpful when you're a coder. Because no. coders are about solving problems. It's creativity. Yeah. Crit- critical thinking's out the window. But I, I, I just look at the whole of Africa and I look at um, how we don't have the traditional education and infrastructures in place and and the way that we're shaping kids at the moment. And I, it just screams massive opportunity. Yeah. If we can mm. just give them these kind of platforms, let you know, and, and expose the talent that's hidden with billions of people, right? Mm. I just get I get too excited about it. No. It is exciting. And I think there's a oh, there's a there's a great opportunity not just for companies like BCX to be leading the way and well done for for showing mm. big corporates and enterprises mm. that you don't wait for everybody to realize that they can disrupt or they're going to be disrupt. 
you're, you're helping people see that opportunity. How important is that going to be going forward into the future that other enterprises, banks, banks and other institutions all start getting more involved in this disruptive enablement or opportunity enablement? I mean, very. I don't think we're the only people doing it. But yeah. one of the things for my frustrations and education is a great example. I've got a good idea. BCXLearn.com is going to be a winner. Okay? Mm-hmm. But I've got five or six other folks out there that have got something similar going. They think theirs are going to be a winner too. Yeah. How do we bring that together? Yeah, because we all want to yeah. do the same the thing. Energy for the energy spent competing right is better collaborating. Yeah, exactly. So how do we collaborate to compete? And I think that it is critical. And I haven't solved that one yet. And there's something that we need to do as a country in terms of bringing yeah. some of those leadership skills together on some common shared subjects. I think we're beginning to get there with one or two of the, the newer yeah. business relationships that are forming. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot more we need to do there. Actually, uh, a good example of bringing technology and ideas together is in Kenya. Mm-hmm. I mean, when they are on a good idea the entire community of developers get together and they help each other get that to market as quickly as you can. And, uh, and their culture is phenomenal around solving these problems, and maybe it's just a different level of problem that they've got to solve, right? If only as South Africans we can get over ourselves yeah. and start collaborating truly. No, and, exactly and I right. think you're right. Leadership, yeah. let's start right. there. Yeah. And the other thing we've got to solve is, is we mentioned the word diversity earlier and I was using mm-hmm. it in a different context. But again, you look around the table, we've got four white blokes talking about yeah. this stuff. Right? Yeah, now, nice. the shadow of our leadership is a problem. 100%. So we really, really got to understand, yeah. particularly as we bring the diversity back through into the, the kids yeah. as we bring them through, I want to make sure that in 10 years' time, if this program has been hosted, we actually have a representative group of people around the table talking sure. about it. Yeah. It's really, really important. Yeah. We've got so. male-dominated and we've got white-dominated yeah. businesses out there at the moment when it comes to technology. That's a global phenomenon. It's not a South African-specific yeah. issue. But again, I think we've got to get the, the organizations in this country to work together yeah, on that 100%. diversity issue. And it's absolutely critical. Yeah, I, I agree. BC, uh, yeah, BC, sorry, yeah. go on. sorry it's, it's not going to happen organically. No, it's not. Uh, I, I'm with you on that. And BCX actually hosts quarterly what we call a CIO connectivity series where we get the top 100 CIOs in the country mm. just to talk about technology issues. And we were together yesterday, and I've actually offered just to lead across that group uh, a little bit of a, a, a groupthink kind of session where if I can get half a dozen or ten of those folks to work with me, what can we mm-hmm. systemically then do as an industry sector? Mm-hmm. Even if each of us just took on two or three kids to mentor through the system, mm-hmm. help them accelerate their career, and that shadow of the leader, as I call it, the yeah. ca- you cast by doing that. If I do it, my guys and girls who work for me will start to do it as well. Yes. And I think it's a really important thing that we need to start to do to just to change that dynamic. It's a critical problem at the moment. So... Mentoring is a is a fantastic way of, of getting that done as well. I think from a philosopher perspective, the ability to have a forum within which to discuss things is very important. And I think a lot of millennials of across the diverse diversities, cultures, uh, races, genders, give people more of a forum within education spaces, within workspaces, because you might be surprised where the next great idea comes from. And like you said, some people, some of the guys going through uh, your your institutions of learning are, are, are don't even have matric, uh, but they probably have great insight and great ideas around how to solve bigger problems than the, than they can do by themselves. So, how important is it to just have that discussion and open up safe forums within which to have those discussions? You don't need to be trying to preach and teach the whole time. By definition, I guess, you're just connecting people together around the same subject. I think yeah. it's absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. I don't think we're very good at it yet. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think so. Um, you know, just a thought. I mean, I'm just thinking of the Cape Town water crisis. I mean, this is a, this is a massive crisis if they don't solve it. Um, and, and it could cripple Cape Town. I mean, in terms of the challenges of disruption, finding these, these critical kind of global 
problems that we need to be solving in terms of country as, as, as South Africa and Africa. How much of an opportunity do you think is in there in terms of the disruption? And how much of a focus is BCX looking towards in that? It's interesting you mentioned the water crisis. The first assignment we set the students who start at the Data Science Academy okay. in January is water, water <laughs> well, consumption well, preservation well. in the Western Cape. I mean, it's an absolutely critical yeah. subject. I think the current estimates are they'll run out in the in- tail end of January or something. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's huge. Again, I don't think we do enough around it. We've been running some hackathons on some very specific yeah. areas like social addresses is quite an interesting one. If you haven't got an address for somebody, how do you get a social service to them? Yes. You know, we're working on some quite interesting stuff behind the scenes, which we haven't yet gone live with around what we call the biometric cloud. So if you can start to really begin to track every citizen in the country using a yes. very simple thing, and that thing is going to be your face, and that face is very easy taken through a called a smartphone and a camera, right? Yeah. Now, if I can link all of the different records that you have in this country to that one physical image, whether whether it's a police, a yes. medical, or a home affairs record, then that biometric cloud solution can become a massive opportunity to solve some of these social 100%, issues. 100%, absolutely. We, we end up talking a lot about the smart contract. Um, and that's not necessarily on the, the Bitcoin platforms, blockchain, uh, but really from a, 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 a the, the, the TLD. DLT. DLT. I think you're getting that wrong. Yeah. Have another beer. Sure. <laughs> yeah. she, actually, Brett, I do need another beer. Okay. <laughs> We're having a bit of a crisis at the moment, so. It's has got a water crisis. Go yeah. for a beer. Right? Yeah. yeah. Go for a beer. Actually, I was in one of the uh, hotels uh, this week, actually, at Africom. And the hotel literally said, water crisis, please drink our wine. Well, <laughs> I had <laughs> that's a, fabulous, <laughs> only Cape Town. I had lunch with one of our clients in their, uh, their fruit grows in Krabo area. And uh, they came up for lunch yesterday and I asked him, so how's it going down there? He says, well, one of the biggest problems he faces on his commute up to Joburg is whether he should take a dump in Cape Town and flush or should wait till he gets to Joburg to do it. Um, but it's, it's, it's those kinds of things where people, it's on everybody's topic. It doesn't matter where it's a flippant yeah. little thing. Yeah. It's, it's a big, big thing. And we, we're taking it quite lightly in, in moments because we have to. It's such a big problem that if we actually start looking at it, the reality of what that, what that means is huge. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I don't know what your question was. Just now, I, know, I was going with the question there and, and it's got some... You're talking about DLT? Yeah, I'm just thinking of the, the smart contract play because... Are we talking about humans and the biometrics? Mm. But it actually applies to everything, right? Mm. All resources we should be possibly tracking. We should. I mean, and, and what's the impact of that? We're getting the data. Once we understand where everything is and what everything's kind of doing, we can start doing some pretty interesting analysis. And improving it. And improving things. Yeah. But it's a big statement, right? It's a big statement. And then, as I said earlier, that offset strategy between the social impact mm. or something like a DLT play that plays all the way through, a blockchain mm. play, uh, and the loss of jobs and automation. Mm. Now, we somehow we mm. need to sort of, in our own minds, understand how, how the two things can support and each other. we'll go to Mr. Cowan for well, this. It's called UBI. <laughs> Universal Basic Income. And it's it's a good topic. It's every time. It's every a good time, topic. Every time we get on the topic, he's up. Yeah, well, you, you, no, you know what? You know. No, but it's, it's, it's absolutely critical because, I mean, we just extrapolate from where we're sitting now. We have to delink income from work. Yeah, the value system is not financial. No, it's it's not sustainable. And you know, at the end of the day, the capitalistic system is driven by consumers. When you no longer have con- employers earning money, you no longer have consumers. We don't have mm. a capitalistic society. So everything that we're doing here generates nothing. We've got to find an alternative solution. And it's not a boom, 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 mm. quick, quick, quick. You know, and what's, but it's a challenge. What's BCX's view on UBI, or have you guys 
started looking into that yet, or? <laughs> or was it like us, a rum of drink? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> a lot more beer before we get that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, a, it's a very interesting mm. topic. I mean, it gets back in the, at the summit, we've just announced uh, a joint venture with General Electric around Smart Agri. Okay. And, and the reason for Smart Agri, and, and, and again, it's come back to GDP growth, but we believe that the use of new technology into old economy spaces is yes. a huge opportunity for us and for the country. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, we have a relatively unproductive and inefficient agricultural sector in South Africa. It's a byproduct of lots and lots of good yeah, and bad things. Absolutely. The natural resource that we have here is far greater than most countries enjoy. Yeah. So what can we do to make that agricultural sector an awful lot more effective and efficient? What will happen then from a social impact perspective is food prices go down. Totally. So, so, so the breadline physically lowers. I mean, that's yeah. a big issue in that. But also as you get more competitive globally, you can export more. As you export more, yep. GDP grows. Right? Absolutely. So that's why that, that, that play with G is so important for us, moving into smart agri, which is completely uh, underinvested in, in South Africa. At the moment. It's a big, big play for us. Yeah. Yeah. A great example is what Holland's done. Getting their smart agri right, um, they're literally exporting 95% of all their um, outtakes on, mm. on, on agriculture, and then that, and that happened in a five-year period. It's easy to do. It's quite remarkable. I mean, in fact, I have a small subsidiary called Fastnet who works in that industrial internet yes. thing space, and they've been running a pilot a couple of years ago in the Netherlands mm. with uh, cows. And they've been putting a sensor in the middle stomach of the cow. Don't ask me how it gets into the middle stomach or why it doesn't go into the third stomach and out into the cow pass. I have no idea. I don't need to know that. But they've done it for two different reasons. They're managing um, the milking process. So they understand that yes. they have the right temperature of the cow to be at to get the optimum lactation, to get the optimum quality of milk. So they're using it for that. They're also using it apparently... As the cow lengthens its stride, a female cow lengthens its stride, yes. as it gets closer and closer to the right time to mate. So you can then start to make sure that when you want to cover the cow, yeah. then, then you've actually got a higher success rate with the bull. And, and, we, and we've done, we're doing it. That's real life. That's us, small South African country, Love doing it. that in the Netherlands right Love now, it. just around some, some cow herds. That's well, remarkable stuff. Eh? I, must get you, I must get the contact details from you because we're looking at exactly the same yeah, problem. It's very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. And then obviously we've talked a lot in this country all about how we – protect some of our precious resource like rhinos yeah. and so those kind of things but there's a lot of technologies now out there that can not just help protect them yes. but to help them breed more more effectively yeah, and now, which again creates a new sustainability effect yeah. 100% cool yeah everyone's looking at the philosopher I've got nothing actually it's it's. it's I mean it's, it's just phenomenal I mean, it I is just, I keep thinking I want to I'm kind of thinking what is it going to be like once We've had these speakers share their thoughts and what are you, people are listening to. You go to out it. into the world. And, and <laughs> you know what I really hope, and I know this is my worry with, with conferences, is that people get really excited on the conference and then they go back to work. Yeah. yeah. You know, or like, what can we do to make sure that you get so inspired that you're going to take action? We can in- interview everybody that attended the conference and see what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing now? <laughs> Come on. Thanks, thanks to the biometric cloud, I have their details. <laughs> <laughs> With the ubiquity of their face. Yes. <laughs> it's a great question. I mean, I mean, this is not a one-off gig. I suppose that's an important point as well. Yeah, so okay. we've, we're in it for a minimum of three years and probably a, oh, a journey beyond okay. that because we think it's really important. And actually establishing a new brand and event like this is really important. Yeah. And you can't do it in a year. No, right? you can't. Yeah. So we're already now talking to the people that we think will be the guest list in uh, October, November next year. Brilliant. But then we're talking about what's the right satellite event or two to have during the course yeah. of the year as well to keep disrupt the momentum X. going. So Disrupt X in Cape Town or Durban yeah. or wherever we went, we might think we want to go. And how do we get some of that energy going across the phenomenal. different businesses as well? Uh, yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. Okay, you see, that's exciting, right? Because um, if we're not driving that kind of nowness, I, mean, I always think about South Africans. Or South Africans are always going, well, I'll do it now, now. 
I'll do it <laughs> no, no, just, just now. now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just now. <laughs> so much now, but no now. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I've been in the country for 13 years, and I now finally understand the difference between now, 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 and just now. <laughs> sure. Sure. Get it just now, you screw. <laughs> <laughs> Could you put it on a T-shirt for everybody? In, in, in my world, yesterday is better. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in fact, I think we should. Yeah, well, that, cool. that and how to use a roundabout. Fantastic. Yes. <laughs> well, actually, I had a fight with Mike about a roundabout uh, usage, as I said Come in the car. Thought I was going to die when he treated it like a stop street. It was a yield. <laughs> <laughs> give way to the right, remember? No, exactly. That's what I said. You yield you and you give way to the right. Oh, it's only after I taught you a lesson after screaming for my life. No, 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 no. Come back to BCX. No, we need to. no, but it's important. I, mean, I remember the first time that I got uh, way before Google Maps, right? So I, I moved here in 2004, 2005. Yeah. And uh, the guy said, well, I had to go to a data center in Randburg. Okay. So the guys gave me written instructions. That sounds like Absa. It was Absa. <laughs> and uh, I got these instructions that said, at the fourth set of robots, turn right. Okay. So I've gone up and down this damn street, God knows how many times, looking for a metal Mickey-type robot thing, right? <laughs> so I finally, get, I finally get on my cell phone, and I phoned my PA, and I said, there are no damn robots here. <laughs> what robot uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm at this intersection, and there's a set of traffic lights, and there's silence. Traffic lights. Oh, <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Next minute, Google Maps is going to be saying turn just now, but swiftly <laughs> on. Well, have you ever thought about the automated car and what yes. happens when the two cars together traveling next to each other stop communicating with each other have you thought about that i, I haven't wanted to think don't about go there no, i haven't wanted I, to i'm still trying to get used to the idea that they're going to be talking to each yeah, other what are they going to be what are they going to say true, right hey little punch buggy blue <laughs> and then crash uh, I, I i hope the design flaw is that the cars just stop when they stop talking yeah. to each other but how do they Pull know over. that they're not there so uh, why would they stop indeed so I mean, it raises those kind of questions. It brings us to an interesting conversation about edge computing. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so actually, it, I wouldn't mind talking about edge computing because <laughs> that could be your big play with the infrastructure that you have here. Right? It's an incredibly interesting conversation. So edge computing, <laughs> those of us are not quite so close to this stuff, is kind of yes. literally what, what power do you put right on the edge of right your edge. network that can do real-time computation without having to go back into a cloud and then back yeah. creating mm. a signal? And actually, the automated car is a good example of it. Mm. And one of the things we're looking at at the moment is the extent to which the telecom network, rather than the BCX world, with its many, many exchanges, provides a very natural place for an awful lot of that edge computing capability, exactly. yes. particularly yes. in a software-defined network capacity. So we do think there's a natural asset there that's, that's got an awful lot of opportunity for us in the future. Yeah, um, that's interesting. Because 5G, I mean, we were just talking with uh, Huawei around the whole 5G The speed aspect. of it is incredible. And, and you know, they're when deploying artificial intelligence or GPUs on their handsets and start making you go, yeah. Brain? I, mean, I mean, 5G is, an, 5G is an important play for, for mm. all of us. Mm. But you need to do an awful lot to augment 5G. So an awful lot of the industrial internet of things play, if you use 5G technology, requires incredibly energy-intensive sensors yeah. and everything else at the bottom end of it. Mm. Uh, and that's not sustainable for farm or mine because it uses yes. batteries up too quickly yes, and there are absolutely. too many transactions. So you'll still need to augment any kind of a 5G network. Yeah. With some kind of a narrow, narrow broadband IoT player yeah. or possibly an LP1 solution like LoRa or SquidNet. So you, you also, you've got to augment this thing. I mean, LoRa is just like a giant Wi-Fi, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then use your 5G to, to set up your Wi-Fi yeah. and off you go again. Yeah. So on the opposite end of high-speed 5G is the IoT low-latent sensor-driven Internet of Things and big data. What are you seeing that is hugely beneficial from the types of sensors being used and the types of information we're extracting from them? 
Yeah, I mean, we, we have quite a large industrial Internet of Things business inside BCX. And what we're learning from that is that there isn't a sort of a spray and pray, one size fits all opportunity here at all. Yeah. And the customers and the sectors that we're enabling there, a good example is, um, oil pipelines. We run oil pipelines. We almost run almost every f- petrol forecourt in this country off an industrial internet of things solution, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. the tank and yeah. the sensor that tells you how much left's in the tank and what's happening in the shop or what kind of stuff. They're industrial IoT solutions. Mm, we run right. an awful lot of point-of-cell devices. And so we've got over 100,000 devices connected. Mm. But but every one of those devices is connecting to a different technology at the moment. We use yeah. everything from 3G uh, to Wi-Fi to um, 4G and so on and so forth. So we're just learning at the moment that you've really got to understand how you knit together multiple technology sets. And although Huawei will tell you that as long as you've got a Huawei presentation there and a Huawei sensor, mm-hmm. then your, yeah. your world is good, it's not actually going to work like yeah. that. And, and how we're working it at the moment, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Okay. Very good point. Cool. So, guys, um, I'm really looking forward to getting to the show and meeting, and, 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 and meeting some of the speakers. I mean, yeah. we, we had a fabulous time at Singularity. Yeah. Um, and I have to admit, I was on a high for… Still on the high. Yeah, that's probably not just so, Singularity. Yeah. <laughs> so did Singularity ever tell you when Singularity was going to happen? Well, old, um, they, they, they made a guess. Um, they made a guess of 2045. And then it became 2029. Did it become 2029? It came back a bit, and then it was 2023 was the earliest thing. I think it's thing. Like very difficult. Like, to, no. to big Everybody, what, what is your thought on I think, I think it's a singular problem. Uh, <laughs> 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 I have, no, I have absolutely no idea. And I don't think anybody does know, right? Yeah. I mean, it may or may not happen. And if it does, would, it we, not, would we know? Yeah. Uh, at that it, point. Uh, it may be too late. Yeah. No. Yeah. It may have already happened. Cool. Just ask Siri. So, guys, <laughs> um, I'm just looking at the time. We're nearing the end. And I think we've kind of thrown it out there a bit. Nice. We, we uh, I can't wait to spend some time with the speakers, mm-hmm. get their view. Um, I, I can't wait to see the reaction from the audiences because yeah. I don't think a South African audience quite for this. realizes yeah. how, where their minds are going to go. Yeah. Um, and so I think how are we going to put it together? No, I'm excited. No, no, like, I'm excited. I think we need to have the like a question. If there was one question you could ask everybody in the in the audience. What would it be, Ian? And, and people in the audience, yeah. think, as a consequence of being here, what are you yes. going to do differently tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. and actually no, challenge them with it. Yeah. No, that's great. It's, it's one thing to think about things. It's another thing to put to into do. action. To do. And that's what we've been talking about for ages. We love meeting people that are doing things because off the back of doing things, we see that true impact and we see whether it's something that's a failure that needs to be iterated and improved or something that's doing something profound and amazing. Mm, yeah, I mean, that, but that, that risk... And the appetite to do something differently isn't critical. It's quite interesting. We've just put in place inside BCX something called the FIF Fund. Mm-hmm. The last two stand for IT Fund. Okay, you can work out the first F. Yeah. <laughs> and what we said to all of our employees. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit slow. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I, I, I've been noticing that for the last 40 minutes. So it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so, you can listen to the podcast later. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, send me the, the crib notes. I'll, I'll send you the crib notes. Be so the FIF Fund um, is entirely there to say, okay, guys and girls in the team, there are 10,000 of you working in BCX. You've probably forgotten more than we think we actually know yeah. as a leadership team. So what's your big idea? Okay, now can I give you some cash quickly to go yes. and prove or disprove your big idea? It might only be 10,000 bucks. It might be 100,000 bucks. But right? prove it. But I'm going to give you a check. You could come to me with a good idea. I'll give you a check. If it works, I'll give you some more money to go and put it into production. Nice. Yeah. So that FIF fund is about failing fast and forward. 
Um, and if it succeeds, then also succeed fast and forward. And it's really, really important. And I think actually just doing yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's so much opportunity. That is exciting. I love that. That, yeah. is, that is exciting. Once again, enabling opportunity in Precisely this space. Right. Yeah. Now, there are a number of great speakers, but you are also doing a talk. I'm doing a gig there, yeah, yeah. And what is your topic of conversation? I'll work that out. Oh, really? Have <laughs> <laughs> you well, any ideas? Welcome to the age of disrupt. Uh, if, by the way, if you're listening to this after the event, and my, my topic was about disruption. And, and, How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll ask you after your talk, and we look forward to it. And, uh, Phenomenal. Thank you so much for joining us, uh, Mr. Thanks, Russell from BCX. Cheers, thank you very much. And until the next episode of the Futurology Show, which will be with the speakers of BCX, and all the things happening at Disrupt, which we're very excited about. You can catch us then, and you can listen to the podcasts, and you can tweet us at Futurology Show. Oh, I'm so proud of you, Brett. Hashtag whatever. I'm so proud of Brett. Hashtag whatever makes you interested. Hashtag anything hashtagable. And uh, hashtag we'll start a conversation. Disrupt, right? Hashtag. Yeah. Is, that, is that the hashtag? It is. Hashtag. And with, with 280 characters at your disposal. Now. There we go. Rock and Ooh, roll. That. Don't say we never gave you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Until the next Fantastic. one. Keep Cheers. Up. Thanks. Cheers. 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 Cliffcentral.com.